Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that will help you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. Together, for you. Welcome to episode 50 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm so happy that you're joining me. Okay, guys, episode 50 is a bit of a big deal. I have to tell you, when I started this podcast back in January, the idea of reaching episode 50 was kind of an an insurmountable number. It seems so far from episode one, two, three that I started with. So I'm really excited to be here and still have so many things that I want to talk to you guys about. And thank you so much for being on this journey with me. If you're just joining me, my name is Siobhan Key. I am a family physician and obesity medicine physician in Canada. I'm also a weight loss coach for physicians. So I help physicians go from not knowing exactly what to do or how to get themselves to do it with their weight loss to understanding all the underlying factors that factor into their overeating or emotional eating and exactly how to manage them so they can move forward with a life of feeling confident with their ability to manage their own weight. And I've done that myself with losing 55 pounds and maintaining it now for a couple years. Um, and use these tools that I talk about every single day in my own life. Now, if you are somebody who struggles with their eating and their weight through the holiday seasons, I think coaching starting in December and definitely in January is one of the best things you can do for yourself. You think of it as like a Christmas gift to yourself because it lets you have the best support available during those really high uh, emotional type eating times of our life where in North America, we often find that we feel out of control with our eating and end the holiday season heavier than what we planned and feel like we then have to start new to get it off. I wanted to let you guys know that at the time of recording this, I have one spot available for coaching in December, and I have very limited spots available in January. So if you have been thinking about using coaching as a tool to get you forward and just end your weight struggles, for good, then I really encourage you to reach out now. Go over to my website, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca and click on the work with me tab and book a free introductory session that lets us chat over video conference so I can find out a little bit about you and let you know exactly how I could help you. I really think that giving yourself this gift of coaching is one of the best things that you'll do in your life. And I know I've never regretted Uh, any of the coaches that I've hired as each one has let me improve my life in different ways that have lasted. All right, if you are just joining too, remember this is episode 50. That means there's 49 other ones on iTunes available for free that you can listen to and get lots of good information and tips about losing weight. But today's episode is part two of the beliefs. Uh, So last week we talked about limiting beliefs that could be holding you back. And I talked about the top 10 common ones that I see. This week, we're going to talk about 10 beliefs that can push you forward and launch your weight loss forward. But before we get into that, I was going to tell you a bit about my weekend. I was on call uh, for our practice or our group, so inpatients and then palliative care and obstetrics. And Saturday night, I was up the whole night with a complicated delivery and went through Sunday feeling quite tired, but I didn't overeat or eat off plan at all. And I want to 
reflect back to what that would have looked like for me, because I think, you know, listening to this podcast, it can be easy to think, well, I just do this stuff easily. But I can tell you, I spent years of doing obstetrical call, where post call, even if maybe I wasn't up all night, but if I had just been busy, post call would have been an excuse to eat a lot of different foods. So it would have been me leaving the hospital when I was able to in the morning, hitting McDonald's drive through probably, heading home and sleeping a bit, and then most likely hitting some other drive through through the day as I just felt so crappy and tired and didn't really want to be continuing to work. And then guess what? That post-call day would then spread forward through my week. So eating that stuff on the post-call days, it would then make me kind of feel physically gross. And so then following days, I would still not be feeling totally myself. I would be more permissive with my food choices, eat more junk food. And so what starts as like a brain thought of, it's okay, you're up all night, you deserve this, just have a treat, actually, when I looked at it would then spread throughout the week. And it would be treats even on days where I actually slept quite well. And I didn't have a reason to be treating myself. And with it would continue this feeling of being tired, run down, and worn out. And some of that was the stories that I was telling myself about call and about how much it influenced me and how hard it had been. And I honestly think I told myself those stories because then it gave me permission to eat. So I thought it would be helpful to go through what tools was I using from stuff that we've talked about in this podcast and things I use in my coaching yesterday that let me be up all night and not have it influence my eating. So the first thing is even before I start call, I really watch what I think about. Um, And I watch, this call was interesting because I was actually feeling a bit anxious about going on call, like anxiety about, oh God, how busy is it going to be? And so catching that and changing my thoughts to it's okay, it'll be fine, I can handle it, anything like that. Then when I am up all night, it doesn't feel so catastrophic. I haven't already built up drama about it in my own brain. And then when I'm up all night, I just know to prepare that I will have more food cravings. And I start talking to myself about the fact that food won't actually fix what I'm craving. Because in those post-call days, if I do eat that food, I it's like a bottomless pit. Like it doesn't help. But my brain will then keep trying. And it'll be like, okay, that wasn't, that didn't work. But okay, let's try something else. Let's have a chocolate bar. Let's have, you know, so many things in an effort to fill up this pit that food just can't actually fill. The only thing that can fill it is me going to bed and sleeping and having a chunk of uninterrupted sleep. And so I now prepare myself for those cravings because if I don't prepare myself for them, then it feels like they come out of nowhere and they surprise me and then I'm more likely to be susceptible from them. I'm getting better at that as years go by, but there's still days where I end up vulnerable from them. And then the other thing is I use the allowing urges tool from Burt Castillo or allowing the cravings and basically feeling the craving and not acting on it and not trying to get rid of it which is the important piece. So not resisting it, not pushing it away, just letting it be there, experiencing it, knowing that it's just part of me being tired. And so making it not mean anything about me, making it not mean that something's going wrong, that it's just a normal part of not having a good sleep the night before. 
And there's two podcast episodes, if this stuff affects you, that could be helpful. So episode 39, I talk specifically about being on call. And there is a worksheet. Um, If you listen to that episode, the link is on there about setting up your own on-call plan, which I think is really useful. And then episode 17 is about allowing cravings, which I really think is an important tool wherever you are in your weight loss, practicing the tool of experiencing the cravings but not acting on them, super important. So luckily last night I did get to sleep, which was nice. So I got a really nice solid sleep. I feel good today. I don't anticipate all those cravings, but you know, there may still be some left over and I'll just use the same tools. I'd be really interested to hear if you apply any of this to your own on-call experience. Um, just send me an email, info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca and let me know how they work for you or if you found other ones that work, I'd be totally interested in that. All right, moving on to today's topic. So first of all, I wanna talk about How do you actually believe a new belief? Because some of these beliefs I'm going to teach you today, your brain will rebel against. It will say, that's not true, that's impossible. And the purpose of actually believing a new belief, so picking a new belief and deciding that is what I'm going to believe instead of one of these limiting ones that we talked about last episode, is that it does push you a little bit. So you can choose a belief that doesn't actually feel believable right now and practice believing it. And over time, it will feel believable and you will build evidence in your life that it is actually true for you. And I think that is really powerful. You don't have to wait till you have the evidence to believe a new belief, because if you wait, you won't get that evidence. Because remember what we talked about in the last episode is your brain is kind of wired to look more for the negative evidence. So it'll look for evidence supporting your negative beliefs. If you don't purposely try believing a new thing and a positive belief, you won't build evidence, your brain won't look for it. But when you decide I'm going to believe this, this is what I believe and you practice it, then your brain is focused on that and starts to look for evidence starts to build some evidence that you can actually do this and that it's actually true. So first of all, you choose a new belief. And I'm going to tell you 10 kind of powerful ones that have worked for me, worked for the people I work with, but you can choose any belief that feels powerful to you that you would like to believe about yourself or about your weight loss journey, about work, whatever. You just choose a new belief. Second is that you practice that new belief. Now, this is important because if you remember the definition of a belief is just essentially a thought that you have thought enough that it feels like absolute fact. So these new beliefs, you have to practice thinking them over and over again until they feel like fact. And there's lots of different ways that you can do that. Uh, Writing it down, like if you do any sort of journaling practice, uh, writing it down in the journal every day. Uh, If you keep a a planner or um, like scheduler, you writing in that every day. Uh, Writing it somewhere is powerful. Saying it to yourself And that can be like a formal affirmation would be generally that you look in the mirror, look at yourself, say it out loud over and over again. Or you can have different cues that you use to say the new belief to yourself. So that might be every time you experience a food craving, you say the new belief. It might be while you're brushing your teeth, you say the new belief. While you cook dinner, you say the new belief. If you catch yourself having a negative belief, you counter it with the new belief. You just have to pick a cue and then, again, practice using it. Um, Putting sticky notes 
I used to do this sticky notes on the bathroom window or sorry, bathroom mirror, sticky notes on the fridge, sticky notes on cupboards, sticky notes on my phone. I still actually do that on the back of my phone. Um, it's just places where you'll see it and it'll remind you to think your new thought messages on your phone. So you can change your screen, your home screen or your lock screen on your phone to something that has your new thought on it. So every time you pick up your phone, you have your new thought. There's so many different ways that you can use to practice it. But the big point is just choosing a new thought isn't enough. You then also have to choose how you're going to practice it and actually implement it. Then you need to practice it consistently. And there may be days where it will not feel real. And you'll be like, this is silly. Why the heck am I doing this? And you just have to keep going, keep practicing, and it will get better. And then again, as you practice it, and the more you start to believe it, let your brain look for evidence for it. So what we focus on grows. So if you focus on looking for evidence, and you focus on finding evidence and identifying it to yourself, when you see evidence that what your new thought is, is true, it will help build it for you. All right, let's talk about 10 powerful beliefs that will launch you forward in your weight loss. Again, these this list is not exhaustive. You can think so many things that would help move you forward. This list is a combination of things that have worked for myself, worked for my clients, worked for my patients. Um, and so if you can't generate positive, powerful beliefs for yourself right now, then I think using some of these are really good starting points. If you have the ability to think about what you want to believe and be able to generate good beliefs for yourself, totally use your own. Don't feel that you have to use these. The goal is that you pick a belief that actually resonates with you uh, emotionally, that it, it you feel it almost viscerally. And I always kind of, when I have a good belief, it kind of, I feel it in my chest or like I feel it in my body where it just feels better. And that's because it generates a better emotion for you. So you pick a belief that gives you either, you know, a, a really positive emotion or sometimes even just a neutral emotion. If it just kind of neutralizes some of the brain drama about the um, situation or about your weight loss, that can be really powerful. Just taking away drama without like trying to propel yourself forward to super happiness. Uh, that's a big shift. And that's a really important shift too. Okay, powerful belief number one, I take action every day towards my goals. I think this one is really important because it, it puts it in place, the actual taking action piece of this. So if you sit and just practice your thinking all day long, but never take the next step to take action based on those thoughts and based on those emotions that you're generating from those thoughts, then you're still not going to get the results that you want. So reminding yourself that you take action, you're somebody who takes action, I think is a really powerful belief. Even, like I said, even if right now you don't actually see evidence of yourself taking action, if you practice believing this, you will find opportunities to take action, I promise you. Power belief number two, I can do what I put my mind to. I think this is a really powerful belief because it empowers you that all you have to do is put your mind to something and get it done. And I think for a lot of you guys listening, you can probably find evidence for this already in your life, that there have been hard things that you have put your mind to and you got it done. 
medical school would be one of them, right? Uh, residency would be another one. I'm sure there's other things that you have done um, that you put your mind to it and you get it done. And so if you remind yourself about that, it helps you use that same philosophy for your weight and your uh, overeating. Powerful belief number three, I choose to no longer struggle with my weight. And I really like this one because A, it, it is empowering because we use the word choose, that you are choosing, you're not waiting for it to happen, you just, you're choosing that it's going to happen. And it takes away from the idea that weight has to be a struggle. And what that looks like for each individual can be very different, but we're taught at every turn that losing weight and having excess weight and everything is a struggle. And I think if you can empower yourself to believe that you choose to no longer struggle with it, uh, that can be a really powerful position to be in. All right, powerful belief number four, I can handle anything. I personally use this one a lot. Uh, I find it a really helpful one for me for where I use this is busyness. So those really busy weeks where all of a sudden I realize, oh, there's some additional call or additional duties that I didn't realize I was going to have this week and my brain wants to freak out about it and tell me the world's going to end and there's no way I'm going to make it through that week and all that stuff, which then really generally would give me food cravings or help my brain be more permissive with eating. If I just say I can handle anything, I can handle anything, uh, it calms me down and stops me from um, doing too much prediction. And I really think for a lot of us as physicians, a lot of the people I work with, the eating is just a symptom. It's not about the food. It's about our thoughts about that day of work or that week of call or whatever it is that then drives the desire to eat as a solution. And so if you can shut that off at the at the core or at the ground level where you, when your brain starts ramping up about what you have to get done and you just think something like, I can handle anything. It's okay. I can handle anything. Then that shuts down a lot of those cravings and can be really powerful. And so I can handle anything doesn't mean you're not going to be busy. It just means that whatever happens, you can handle it. And again, I would guess that a lot of us have evidence about this already in our life if we look for it that we have had busy times, we've done, gotten stuff done when it felt like maybe we wouldn't be able to. Okay, powerful belief number five, this is working. Now, this is so simple, but it is so important because when you're trying to lose weight, every time you turn around, your brain will be giving you thoughts and ideas about how it's not quite working, it's not happening fast enough, and you need to change what you're doing to make it fast enough. And that just sends you into a swirl of confusion that stalls you and makes it so you don't take action. And if you can just answer those thoughts with, this is working, and just believe that what you currently are doing is working, Again, it's simple. It's not like making huge leaps, but it calms down all that brain drama and it puts you in so much of a more powerful position to continue on with your weight loss 
and maybe problem solve stuff if you're not seeing the results you want. Uh, But if you try to problem solve when you're in that swirl of confusion and I need to try this or that or so-and-so said this online, you're not going to problem solve very efficiently. If you problem solve from this is working and maybe the uh, I can do what I put my mind to thoughts, then you can just problem solve in a logical, methodical way, which will get you so much farther to your long-term goals than when we make big leaps and changes in what we're doing. Powerful belief number six, I am amazing right now. And I think that right now is so important in this one. You guys, I work with a lot and talk to a lot of physicians and I talk to a lot of non-physicians and I can tell you so many of us at the core have a feeling that we're not enough. And I've talked about this in other podcasts and that feeling of not measuring up in some way undermines us and it holds us back and countering that with a belief that right now, regardless of your weight, regardless of your size, regardless of where you are in life, you are amazing. Now, I suspect for some of you, that thought is going to feel uncomfortable. And your brain may try to rebel against that thought. Because if we've spent our life feeling that we're not measuring up, or we will only measure up once we reach some magical spot, like the classic for weight would be, you know, you hate yourself and your size the way it is right now, but life is just going to be so much better once you lose weight. And that's just not true. The solution is believing that exactly how you are right now, you are amazing and you are enough. And I'm pausing to give you a chance to let that settle in because I think this is, if we all believe this, if we could all take this and believe that right now we are amazing, can you imagine what the world would be like? And, you know, believing that you are amazing right now doesn't mean you don't make changes in your life, but you make them from a spot of loving yourself and loving your life right now versus a spot of this like scarcity and and panic and negative emotions thinking that the changes are what's going to let you love your life. But all you have to do to love yourself or love your life is decide that you are lovable and do it. Decide, just like these beliefs, decide that you are lovable and that you will love yourself. And I think this I am amazing right now is a really powerful way to start doing that. Powerful belief number seven is I make food choices. Now, this sounds super simple and maybe touch boring compared to the last one, but this is important because we think our food choices are either inherently good or bad. And we've talked about this before in other episodes, but when we think that our food choices are inherently good or bad, it then sets us up for all sorts of cycles where we end up overeating. So the classic would be beating yourself up about food choices you think are bad. And you think that beating yourself up is going to make you make better choices, but it makes you feel horrible. And then you make more choices off plan to try to make yourself feel better. 
And so if you can just make the belief that all food choices are just choices, they're neutral, they're just a choice, whether it's an on-plan choice or an off-plan choice, still a choice, then that puts you in a far more neutral position to make further choices. So if you tell your brain, I make food choices, and one day those food choices are foods that are not on your plan, your brain still believes that if every food is a choice and they're all neutral, then the next choice could just be a choice on your plan. And, it, you know, if it works the other way, too. It, it, you can trip yourself up if you spend time thinking about how fantastic you are because you are making choices on your plan. That then can give your brain all sorts of little avenues to trip you up and be like, well, you look how good you've been. We may as well eat this, right? Versus if food is just a neutral and we work towards food being fuel, then there's far less opportunities for your brain to kind of trip you up. So I make food choices. All food are choices. Powerful belief number eight, I can figure anything out. Now this is powerful for the overall weight loss uh, journey and totally non-related, non-weight related things too. But if you build a belief that no matter what happens, you can figure anything out, it's so empowering versus looking to external sources to figure stuff out for you. So if you think that you don't have the ability to figure your weight out and that that ability rests in somebody's diet plan or a book or something like that, then you, you're dependent on their knowledge, which may or may not work for your body. What you want to work on is your ability to take the information that's around you and take the guidance that's out there and figure out what actual pieces work for you and then let go of the pieces that don't work for you and build your own plan that's your specific plan that works for your specific body in your specific life. And that's what we work on in coaching is not me telling you just do this. It's us figuring out how do we apply different things in your life and make it actually work for you. So I can figure anything out. If you approach and every time your brain comes up with like confusion about how to lose weight, and just say, I can, it's okay, I can figure anything out. Or your brain comes up with a confusion, we're not losing fast enough, or look, we messed up again, or things like that, that our brain says, if you just answer it with, it's okay, I can figure anything out, then you will keep figuring it out. And losing a larger amount of weight, and then keeping it off the long term requires you to continue to figure it out, because your life is not always going to look the same. Your body is not always going to be the same. And what you do right now that works for you may not work for you, you know, six months down the road, a few years down the road, and you just have to have this belief that you can figure it out. Powerful belief number nine, I can feel any craving without eating. They do not hurt me. This I think is really powerful too, because inherently our brains think that cravings, food cravings that are unanswered have the power to hurt us. They give us a sense when you have a food craving that if you don't answer it, something bad will happen. It's like, you know, when you threaten your kids, but you don't tell them what the consequence is going to be, where you're like, 
if you don't do this, like the classic count to three, where you never actually say what's going to happen at three, but they do stuff anyways, because it's really their own brain fills in the blanks. This is the same situation as food cravings. Your brain's like, something bad's going to happen. You like, you need to eat that food or something bad's going to happen. And if you work on building a belief that you have the capacity to experience food cravings without eating, and that you know no food craving can hurt you, there is not a food craving in existence that can hurt you, that then lets you start taking the action of experiencing the food cravings and not eating them. And as you do that, you build the evidence. And we've talked about this before, but that tool that experiencing food cravings and not eating is one of the most powerful tools you can do in weight loss. If you don't build that tool, if you just try to, you know, white knuckle it through food cravings, I think that's a big reason why weight loss doesn't last because you ne- you will always get food cravings no matter how much weight you lose, how long you've kept it off, you'll still have the food cravings. And if you don't know how to experience them without them being a big deal, then at some point you will start eating according to them again and then regain your weight. So building the belief from the get-go, I can feel any craving without eating, they do not hurt me, is super important. And if you have been working on your weight loss, but this is an area you still struggle with, I'd really encourage you to start practicing this belief and then look for evidence and look for opportunities to show yourself that this is true. So experiencing the food cravings without eating and show yourself that you're okay on the other side is super powerful and life-changing. And I don't use that word lightly. I really think this, if you practice it, can change your whole experience. Powerful belief number 10. Losing weight is simple and easy. Now, my guess is quite a few of you immediately had a brain reaction like, no, it's not, (laughs) and don't like this one. But imagine if it was. Imagine if losing your weight was actually simple and easy. And imagine if you went through the whole path from where you are right now to where you want to be with a sense of ease. And imagine how much better that would be than the classic weight loss experience where we struggle and and kind of fight our way to the weight loss. Now, the only difference between those is believing that it can be easy. And the th- reason why this one is sometimes a difficult belief for people to believe is we're never taught this. We're taught the exact opposite for so many years and so much of our life that we've built a really strong evidence base that losing weight isn't easy. But what makes it easy is how you think about it. So that doesn't, if you believe that losing weight is simple and easy, it doesn't necessarily mean that the weight always just falls off, but it probably will actually go smoother than when you believe that weight loss is a struggle because you're less likely to undermine yourself and you're less likely to self-sabotage. If you believe it's simple and easy and just following a plan is simple and easy, again, it takes away a lot of that brain drama that creates confusion, creates overwhelm and ends up tripping us up. So losing weight is simple and easy. And you can put whatever feelings you want in that, like losing weight is fill in the blank. Uh, But practicing believing that it doesn't have to be hard or a struggle uh, is really important. 
All right, so I wanna hear which of these beliefs you're choosing and how you are going to use them. Uh, so tell me how you are using them in your life and how you're practicing them. And I would love to hear how they work for you. You know, from the beginning, what I would suggest is choose one of these and just commit to practicing it for a week and see how it changes your experience. So you don't have to commit to practicing them for life, though that will be helpful. But commit to practicing one of these for a week and see what changes. That's my challenge to you today. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And if you took the time to leave a review, I would super appreciate it. Uh, Also share this episode with anybody that you think might benefit from it. All right. We'll talk to you later, guys. Have a fantastic week. Bye-bye. And now for a quick disclaimer, this podcast contains general education information on weight loss for physicians. I'm not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace a need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing.